Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. How you doing, Father? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm awesome. And it was it was a beautiful, beautiful weekend. It was. Happy first of May. Yes. We are month of Mary. Month of Mary. Today is a feast of Saint Joseph the Worker. It's our anniversary of uh our uh, the little dad's group that we have. We did our um, consecration. Year? I did it two years ago on today. May first. I did it two years ago, the consecration to St. Joseph. I told you to do it on this day because it's a good day. Joseph, worker, That's provider. Right. That's right. It is. It, it, it has a history, which I'm going to get into. But it was, like you said, it was a great weekend. We'll, we'll get into that. Lots to talk about. And then right off the bat, before we dive in, uh-huh. because uh, sometimes we don't get to the announcements until the very end of the sports section. Tonight, right. 7.30, right. rosary, outdoor rosary, candlelight rosary, always beautiful it, in your lawn. Right, my lawn. We welcome everyone there. We have chairs out there. It'll be seven thirty at seven thirty tonight. It will be a beautiful, beautiful uh, evening. Uh, we were expecting it to be a beautiful evening, and uh, no, it was, we were expecting thunderstorms yesterday, and yep. it was a beautiful day. It was windy, which was good. But the rain, the rain stayed yep. away. When, you know, not for people in North Palm Beach, but it stayed away. <laughs> so, j- just before we get into yesterday's readings and 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 all the things that happened yesterday in the parish, which were, were absolutely beautiful. Um, just just to give you a little brief rundown on why we celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker on this 1st of May to begin the month of Mary. And like I said, we love Mary so much, and Mary loves us so much, she wants us to honor her husband on the 1st day of May. But the Feast is celebrated on May 1st each year by the Catholic Church. It's set, it is set apart as a celebration of the life and work of St. Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus Christ. Pope Pius XII instituted in 1955 to coincide with International Workers' Day. Now, here in this country, we don't celebrate Workers' Day today. We celebrate it in September on the on Labor Day weekend, the first Monday of September. It is a day dedicated to the secular celebration of labor and workers' rights, but because it was so associated with common, I'll get into that. The Holy Father recognized that the misplaced role of work inside at the time and believed there was a growing threat of communist and socialist ideals against the dignity of workers and family life. How's about that? Starting off the podcast by sticking it to the communists. There you huh? go. How about that? <laughs> We've been doing it as a church for over 100 years, so... <laughs> The devotion of Saint Worker of Saint Joseph as a worker dates back to the Middle Ages, when Catholic theologians and writers began to emphasize the role of Saint Joseph as a model of humility, hard work, and dedication. He was a carpenter. He worked tirelessly to provide for his family and taught Jesus the skills he needed to become a carpenter as well. He was a faithful and hardworking man who lived a life of service to God and his family. In the 19th century, the Catholic Church began to promote the devotion of Saint Joseph the Worker, with Pope Pius XIII. Excuse me, Pope Leo XIII issuing an encyclical on the subject in 1889. There is no Pius XIII, at least not yet. Not yet. <laughs> okay. And uh, he, Pope, Pope Leo emphasized the importance of St. Joseph as a model of Christian living, stating that Joseph became the guardian, the administrator, and the defender of the divine house whose chief he was. The feast day of St. Joseph the Worker has become an important day for Catholics around the world. It is a day to celebrate the dignity of work and the contributions that workers make to society. It is also a day to reflect on the example of St. Joseph, who worked tirelessly to provide for his family and to serve God. So that's what we celebrate today. We celebrate the value of work. Work has been sanctified by our Lord, who also worked. It's the son of the carpenter. He sanctified work. Pope Leo got into it. Uh, St. John Paul II worked, you know, worked, uh, wrote tirelessly mm-hmm. on the value and the dignity of work. And so today we also, you know, pray for people who are unemployed, for people who are looking for gainful employment, and you know, for society to provide employment for them. So and take it away from, you know, I, I was looking at headlines right before we went on the air of, you know, May Day celebrations and or protests. Actually, it wasn't yeah. pro, it was protests. I said no, let's focus on what's beautiful about the human work and and focus on Saint Joseph. So that being said, and beginning with sticking it to the communists, which is always <laughs> always good. a good thing. <laughs> Two Christian men. <laughs> <laughs> talking about sticking it to the communists. We pray for them as well, more so. Uh, it was a great weekend, wasn't it? Oh, it was beautiful. It was, it was the, again, when we have these 
crazy, crazy weekends with a million things going on. Which we have it this past weekend, this coming weekend, the weekend after that, and the weekend after that. So it, Jorge uh, is not, it's a, nothing to do, nothing to do. It's a major juggling act, but it's our par- our parish at its finest. Yep. And that's what and was we on. we started at what, sat- Saturday morning we started with this. With, um. Well, fr- Friday night, it was, uh, it was already, we were getting our, our wires crossed. <laughs> Friday night, we were getting our wires crossed. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> But uh, but but Saturday morning we started off and we I forget how many kids we baptized uh was it seven no five five and, and five and then one of the younger brothers was a little was also one baptized but they were when after seven years old they were baptized confirmed they received first communion all in the same mass and it was a beautiful mass and the parents were very excited one of the little boys you know came up to me mass just to make sure that yesterday you know that he said I came back to mass to oh, get my awesome. second communion that's awesome so that always brings me brings a smile to my face that was last night at five thirty mass. And then, obviously, we had our Emmaus retreat going on this weekend, which was the first one done here on parish grounds. And from every I mean, everything I experienced by going, because since I was here, I was able to mm-hmm. go have lunch with them. Uh, you know, you know, heard their confessions. You know, celebrated mass with them last night. It was absolutely beautiful. Everybody told me it was great having it here on on the parish property. It was a beautiful. They had no issues with weather. Uh, it was. They had an amazing time. You could feel the spirit moving. Nice. And then yesterday morning at ten thirty mass. Um, we baptized some adults. Three more, our last three of the year. Are you sure? As, as yeah, as, I think we are. <laughs> we are. Deacon left us a report of all the people we were that are be that were baptized. Yep. that need to be confirmed. That will be confirmed by the Archbishop two weeks from Wednesday. Let me see one. Yeah, yep. two weeks from yep. Wednesday, and um, it's a lot. We had fifteen ele- catechumens now neophytes this year. That's that's amazing. You know, for a parish, you know. For people who say, you know, oh, the church is dying, you know, we have, I mean, I have never done an Easter vigil other than COVID yep. that I didn't have catechumens. And again, these are these are 15 people coming in from non-Christians. This isn't people who were baptized in a different denomination nope. and are converting. People these who've are, never been baptized. Never been baptized, maybe in other religions, non, non-Christian religions. These are fresh yep. coming into the church and yesterday was was good shepherd sunday and we'll get we'll get into those readings uh and it was you know you see the good shepherd taking care of his sheep yep. you know I, I right before mass literally i don't know why i turned on the phone maybe 10 minutes before mass and and saw a reflection you know a little quote that scott Hahn had that i ended up using in my homily uh that's the way the spirit moves sometimes that you know we had the, the Psalm of the Good Shepherd yesterday, mm-hmm. the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, Psalm 23, which all of us have heard a million times. And Scott Hahn f- framed it in, in the sacraments and, and framed it in the way that we that, where we were celebrating the Mass yesterday. That was genius. Right? I, I can't I, take I, credit for that. <laughs> but I, I, you know, we've heard that Psalm a mm-hmm. million times, and I'd never picked up on the, on the sacramental elements of that Psalm. Be, the, that, that's the genius of... Um, of Scott Hahn because he is able, and, and and I don't know if you've heard him in person. Yep. You ha- I mean, and yeah, when, hearing him in person. When he he actually came down for a catechetical conference. Yes, he did. That's right. And I got to. It was a great privilege. I was I was basically his shadow, making sure he was right. where he had to be because I was working the conference. So when it was time for lunch, I got to I got to sit and chat with Scott Hahn for an hour, just him and me. So because I had to keep everyone else away, so I was like, "All right, here's a room. We're going to lock ourselves in here." You enjoy your lunch, and we had a, a phenomenal conversation. And oh, just he's he's incredible. He really is. And and uh, when he when he gets up to dissect the Bible, and mm-hmm. and if you don't know his story, he was uh, he was Protestant minister who underwent a deep conversion. He thought that what we were doing in the mass was basically a satanic ritual. Yep. And he he goes about that. And if you want to read one book from Scott Hamm, obviously it's the Lamb's Supper. Yep. The Lamb's Supper. It's on. It's on Amazon. You know, thank you. You're welcome, Angie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all, and every single outlet, it, it yeah. is an ama- it is an amazing book. And and so, uh, his conversion story is uh, Rome Sweet Home. By the way, that also, is also worth a good read. Yeah, but, but and he goes into it in, in uh, he goes into it in um, in Lamb's Supper. But he really thought that uh, he really thought that what we were doing in Mass was the Danic ritual. And when he went into he snuck into a mass mm-hmm. the basement of the university was teaching and 
you know, he goes in there and he starts hearing the different parts of the mass and says, wait, this is revelation. Yep. Wait, this is from gospel of John. Wait, no, this is, and he realized that, you know, cause the old, the old adage against Catholics, oh, we don't know our scripture. Yep. We don't use our scripture. When there's an abundance of scripture, not only in the reading of the word of God, mm. but in the liturgy as well. So going back to what we were talking about, uh, to the call of the good shepherd and how it dealt with the rest of the psalm from yesterday. He wrote, the call of the good shepherd leads to the restful waters of baptism, to the anointing oil of confirmation, and to the table and overflowing cup of the Eucharist. And that's just, and that's just genius. Yep. And that just shows you the brilliance of this man who also has a podcast. Uh, if you want to, you know, follow him and his wife, uh, uh, Kimberly, Kimberly Hunt has, has a co- podcast as well. But that genius of, and so I incorporate that into my homily because these, we, we baptized three adults yesterday who were very close to us and gave first communion to, to two of their siblings and who will be confirmed in two weeks. And, and, and I laid it out for them and saying that here you come looking for the restful waters that the good shepherd promises. Where do we find them? Waters of baptism. Then we're anointed. Now, I didn't say this at 1030, but the word anointed is going to be used a lot this week and has been used a lot in the last week. Why? Well, kind of fell flat at 530, like most things do, but that's another story. Uh, Not not for the call who are there and and they're paying attention, but sometimes I'm trying to make a point. I'm looking out at, at, at the people and they're like, yeah, we're not following. Okay, whereas ten, in ten thirty maybe, but I didn't mention this at ten thirty. Why is the theme of anointing mentioned a lot in the secular world this week? Because of the the grand the coronation, the coronation of the King of England. <laughs> now, is it something that happened hasn't happened in seventy years? Mm-hmm. And and this is something that not only that the Anglicans stole from us, but no, Ooh, but we shots, stole no, but shots we, fired. no, but I, well, we stole it from <laughs> from we stole it from Judaism because going back to the Bible. You know, you see Saul was anointed mm-hmm. and King David was anointed. Yep. And so I said, you know, this anointing that these adults received at, you know, at the confirmation, but we receive it at baptism. When we're anointed to be part of Christ's ministry as priest, prophet, and king, because Christ wants us to share in his divine kingship. The good shepherd wants us to lead us to not only restful waters, he wants to lead us to this abundant banquet which is the Eucharist, here on earth. But in heaven, it is a banquet that will last for all eternity and wants to share in that kingship. King Charles III is not sharing that with anybody. On, I mean, yep. because I'm, I'm, I'm in joke, but I'm just saying that this image is of a servant king, that this kingly office that Jesus has is to serve. And so when we're anointed on our head the day of our baptism, on the crown of our head, you know, that's important. And then when we're anointed with the Holy Spirit on the day of our confirmation, it's to be able to go out into the world and to proclaim this Jesus. It's to proclaim that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus, mm-hmm. what, what Peter said in the first reading yesterday, that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is indeed has indeed risen, this Jesus that we crucified. So what Dr. Scott Hahn said there is, is beautiful. And so just to give you a little feedback, you know, what you're going to see on, on, on Saturday, which I, I plan on getting up to see because it's you know, something that hasn't been seen in 70 years, yep. and it's something that we used to and do as a church. And you're going to see it in high-def color now. Right, but, they, <laughs> they, they, but the anointing part is so important and so yep. sacred that it's still going to be done behind the screen and away from the cameras. Oh, well. That's what I, I believe. I, I, because I, I saw an article on the screen that they made to cover uh, oh. His Majesty the King. can't believe I just said that. But um, you know my Irish, my Irish associate and my Irish <laughs> teachers are gonna throw me off the, the off the third floor of the school. But but it is a sacred moment because it goes back to you think about think about December twenty fifth year eight hundred when Charlemagne was 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 uh, crowned by Pope I want to say Pope Leo the third. Okay, Jorge's shrugging uh, his shoulders. By the way, that was something that was taught to me not in seminary. That was taught in history class. History is not my forte. Uh, well. But you know, my my mind is you yes, know, is full, full of, of useless, useless information. That's not a useless fact. That was important. <laughs> Charlemagne was crowned Holy Roman Emperor of an empire which, which was neither holy nor Roman. You know, but that's another story. Okay, but he was anointed. Now, now Napoleon he anointed himself. 
<laughs> he crowned himself. That sounds about right. Yeah. And in Notre Dame Cathedral. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was part of, you know, the bishops, the, the popes would anoint the kings because it follows mm-hmm. biblical tradition. Sure. It follows all this. And so, obviously, in England, before the Reformation, the kings did that. This goes back almost a thousand years in England. And now we're going to see it again on, on Saturday. So, but what's important and what I want, you know, get a spiritual lesson out of that is that we were anointed as well. You know, King Charles was anointed when he was when he was christened, when he was baptized sure. in the Anglican Church, because he sh- we share in the same baptism. And so, but now it's it's a special anointing, and and this anointing takes place in the Catholic Church still today with bishops, because for example, we use chrism at the moment of our baptism, we use it to un, you know to consecrate uh, altars and churches. We put it on the table of the altar and, and the walls of the churches. Because consecrate means set apart, meaning God has set this child apart to be his, has set this altar apart to, to offer sacrifice, has set these walls of the church apart to be a place of worship. Anointing is used at confirmation, because we've been set apart to proclaim Christ's glory. And then it's used at ordination. And you know, remember there's three types of ordination: de- diaconate, where chrism is not used, then it's priesthood. My hands were, were anointed with the chrism to be able to consecrate, to be able to consecrate the bread and the wine, to be able to sanctify. And then when someone is ordained a bishop, just like the king will be anointed on his head on Saturday, bishops are also consecrated on their head so that they are part of this servant office. They aren't anointed kings. They are anointed to serve. They're anointed to be able to serve the people of God. So that anointing that 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 Dr. Han talks about, that the psalm talked about yesterday, he anoints my head with oil. That's a symbol of favor mm-hmm. in the in the Bible, you know. And and, and Pope Francis talked about had talked about that in, in what I still call his greatest homily in, in his Chrismas homily from his first year, his first month of his pontificate. And so it's a sign of favor, anointing, and that's what God wants to do with every one of us. Yeah, and, and again, just the, the connections of this psalm. We did not plan this. You know, we, we the, the baptism falling, or the, the sacraments of initiation falling on this Sunday was not supposed to originally happen. There we're was supposed, a, We were supposed to do it on Saturday. Yeah, and there was a, a scheduling issue, and, and they weren't able to come, so we said, all right, we'll, we'll just do it on Sunday. And you know, I'm, I'm looking at the readings ahead, and, oh, Good Shepherd Sunday, and, and we just say, okay, Good Shepherd, that's an easy one. And then when you made that connection with the sacraments. I was like, man, is there, is there, do I need any bigger sign that the Holy Spirit is in charge here? Right. And just what, not only what that meant for those, for those three and, and the two who received their first communion, but really for, for us to be able to reflect on this. Because it's, it's easy to come in, see Good Shepherd on the cover of the bolt and be like, all right, I know what I'm getting today. You know, I'm, get, I'm getting another Good Shepherd homily. It's, and pray it's, for vocations and yeah. all that jazz. And but but to to be able to, you know, have that twist in there and really make the the celebration come to life. Now I now here's why I need your help, Corey, because you were there, and you were you were sitting behind me, and you know he he kept, Corey kept saying I didn't do anything I didn't do anything and he just planned everything he he put out the book he laid he pointed to where I needed to read because <laughs> especially the Saturday one was a little. Little because th- that kid that was that we baptized was a little curveball in there yeah. that kind of not threw everything out, but it's prayers that we have to add. But he did a lot. So I planned the, the first half of my homily because I needed I needed the homily to be brief because I knew that the mass was going to go long because we had the baptisms and the confirmations. And um, so I pretty much my homily was done halfway through. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I, you know turned to those who were being baptized. And then it got real. And then it got real. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't remember what I said. I know I got emotional, yeah. but I don't remember what I said. I literally don't remember. It's, it happens so many times yeah. that when you when you get caught up in the emotion of the homily, yep. you get caught up in that, is it, Father, uh, that was a great homily. I, I don't remember what I said. Because it wasn't written. It was just extemporaneous. It yep. was from the heart. It was moved by the Spirit. So you you help. Help the people, you know, give summation... What did I say? What made me cry? What made well, people I mean, cry? Was, well, Anna, did, I know Anna, Anna, well, Anna made you cry because right. Anna started getting choked up. And yeah. oh, we got to. I spilled my water. That's okay. <laughs> That's why I put it in my mug and not in a plastic bag. Okay, go ahead. Um, no, it was just 
I say it got real, not that the first half wasn't real, but when when we when we shift to personal witness, mm-hmm. you know, it there's a, another layer. Uh, there's another layer to what's not just what's being said, but what's being received. Because now you're, it's the fleshy stuff, you know. So so you're talking about not just not not and not to put anyone down, but it's not just someone who's sitting in a pew on a Sunday, but it's someone who's really become family you know and you you said it four years ago they were just our caterers you know and now barbie and margie and nino and lucy and antoniela you know we know who they are you know they they've become intimate part of not just the parish operation and the school operation you know not just an intimate part of what we do professionally but really part of our family you know i I don't see them as a co-worker They're, they're brothers and sisters you know, their daughters and sons, their aunts and uncles. You know, when when we see that family, it's our own family, right? You know, so it's it's a little bit deeper than just you know people who are who are coming through a program and sitting in the pews and and we see them once a week. Yeah. We and again, not not to put any not that that's a bad thing that that's the case for most catechumens for most elect, I'd say in the world, but these are people that we see and interact with. On a consistent basis, day after day after day, so so to be able to make that connection with, you know, it's not just a great day for them, and it's not just a great day for us because we know them, but really it's a great day for the parish because of the not not just the witness of them receiving their sacraments in front of everybody, but them arriving to the point where they're seeking out the sacraments. And now, as you're drawing my memory a little bit. Because way, and and I'm and I'm being honest. There, there, the the reason why why was I emotional? It's like we've seen their journey. Yep. And we, you know, I met them, you know, four years ago. You know, they were our caterers that that, that do all our wedding receptions in in Cumber Hall on on Saturdays, and that do our our catering for different events here in in uh, in the parish, and we've seen their journey over the last four years and, and gotten to know them. And what I what got me emotional was not just their journey, was but was was also the part that all of us, I'm talking when I say all of us, I mean my parishioners played in their conversion story. And not so much conversion, but in their awakening as to, you know, we, we proclaim ourselves as Catholic, we need to embrace this faith. Fully. And, you know, seeing how, you know, people came to that 1030 Mass actually just to witness their baptism and their confirmation in the First Communion, how people embraced them afterwards and, and said welcome to the church officially. Not that they weren't part of our family before, they were, but it, I liken it to this. is like you loved your wife before you got married, but you officially became husband and wife. Right. The day you said, I do, the day that you entered into that sacrament, that you entered into that covenant, yep. and they entered into covenant relation with Jesus yesterday as well, when they were baptized, when they were confirmed, when they received their first communion. And and so what I marveled at is not only at their journey, but the journey of our parish over the last four years in witnessing to these very good people what our parish is all about. Because it's very easy to say, okay, these are our workers. You just stay over there in Cumber Hall in the mm-hmm. kitchen, and you just, you know, make sure that everybody's happy when there's a reception. And I don't want to hear about it. You know, just that's it. No, we engage them because we're Catholic. We engage, you know, people and say this is who Jesus Christ is, and it's and it and it, and it was in an, an overt way, yep. in a way of love, yep. in a way of saying, you know what. You know, come and sit with us, and come and uh, and 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 seeing the example of our parishioners, and seeing the example of service. And this is a family that's all about service. That they will drop everything and say, you, "I need you here." They'll drop everything and say, "I'll be there." And there's so many parishioners that do that. That whenever they call you, you were talking about Emmaus earlier. There's so many Emmaus men and women who, when when we say, "Listen, we need you for this, 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 that, or the other," they drop everything and they say, "Where do you need us?" The Knights of Columbus, you know, there's so many organizations and so many ministries in our parish that, you know, when you need them, they're there. It's that example of service that calls to people who may not 
have the sacraments and say, wait a second, I'm missing, you know, communion or missing confirmation or I'm not baptized altogether, but how can I receive it? And that's why we have 15 catechumens and now neophytes this year. And, and you know, you said yesterday the, the call of the Good Shepherd, and, and you had a beautiful reflection on what that on what that call actually sounds like and what that call actually means. And to your point, over these past four years, you know, journeying with Nino and Lucy and Antoniela, Barbie and Margin, and really with the whole family, because Grandma gets involved and yeah. Margie got married and now they got a kid. You know, it's it's not just with one person; it's really with this whole family. Our conversations are are. You know, when we got together, we were never like, oh, when are you going to get your sacraments? When are you going to get your sacraments? Mm-hmm. When are you going to get your sacraments? It was just, it was natural. It was and, something that born out of them. Right. And it wasn't, you know, the, the, the word, the name Jesus was probably the last thing we said, you know, over these past four years. You know, we didn't sit down and really dive into sacraments and, and you know, the, the nitty gritty of, of sacramental theology or, or, you know, they went to their classes, and, but among ourselves, it was, it was, uh, it was a witness and a catechesis of life. You know, it wasn't here. Take out your textbook and open to page four, and now we're going to learn about, uh, you know, baptism. We're going to learn about Holy Eucharist, and, and we're going to learn about transubstantiation. You know, and and to your favorite word, on, ontological Jane. I used yeah. that word yesterday. <laughs> I can't believe I used that word. It it was, it was a catechesis born out of the heart. You know where, and and it's something that we've said consistently. You know, if you just live your faith and live it authentically, that's going to attract people, and they're going to come to you and say, "What is the source of your joy? What is the source of your happiness?" Right. You know, there's something about you, and then, and that's where the that's where Jesus comes in at the very end. Right, and and this is such a joy filled family. Yep, because they take great joy. We were talking about work earlier. They take great joy in their work. They take great joy. In, in doing something that is like if you and I, you know, thought about this profession, let's cater to brides. <laughs> okay, listen, we love our brides. We do a lot of weddings here in Little Flower, but obviously, and and rightfully so, you want your day to go perfect. You know, you may get a little neurotic, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm saying this from experience because you know when I was getting ordained, you know, I wanted things to be a certain way, and. And I'll, and I'll say, I mean, my ordination went off beautifully because I wasn't in control. We picked out the music. Our treasure gave, you know, long homily, but it was a nice homily. Almost collapsed during it because I was sitting in a very uncomfortable stool. <laughs> but then came my first mass, and there was something, everything was going great. I, I was, but one of the musicians hijacked the offertory. Oh, boy. And sang a different song that I had chosen that was very meaningful to me, the, the song that I had chosen, and he sang a different song that was a little over the top, but I had to continue and just go with it and mm-hmm. just, and just, so I understand the brides when they get, when things don't go the way. So this family, you know, deals with brides, deals with, with grooms, deals with, you know, brides' mothers and grooms' mothers and putting on wedding receptions for them. You know, the church part is easy. That's, that's not a big deal. It's, over, when they cross over mm-hmm. into the venue, that's and and they do this with great joy. They do this, you know, to bring joy to them, to make sure that that day goes beautifully for them, to make sure that day is memorable for them. And in doing so, you know, it's not to say that they don't encounter, you know, people that are difficult. We all encounter people all that are difficult. Time. You know, is dealing with that difficulty and and putting a Christian face on it, and that's what we do here as a church. And so. It was a joy, and just and just to wrap up because I mentioned this yesterday a lot during the five thirty mass because the the first reading you know obviously the gospel is Jesus saying I am the gate you know I'm the shepherd people the sheep know my voice hear my voice any other voice is the voice of the stranger but the first reading is so powerful because it's from Acts chapter two right morning of Pentecost Peter and the eleven stood up Peter raise his voice and proclaim the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made both Lord and Christ the Jesus whom you crucified. Now, when they heard this, the people that were out there or the people that were listening to Peter, and we hear that there's you know at least 3,000 out there that he's talking to. When they heard this, 
this is the phrase that hit me when I was preparing the homily. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, what are we to do, my brothers? In other words, the word that Jesus that, that Peter said about Jesus cut these people to the heart. The word of God is supposed to rattle us, mm-hmm. supposed to make us feel uncomfortable because, you know, yes, we take comfort in Psalm 23, but there's other parts that were like, ooh, which means that this doesn't, you know, I'm not, I don't measure up to this part. And so when they ask, what are we to do? Peter says, repent and be baptized, which is what we were doing yesterday. Yep. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ and for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, and then Peter went on to testify with many other arguments and exhorting them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And I said, that's something that could be said today. But it was said, you know, almost 2,000 years ago. You know, we're always going to be surrounded by, by corrupt generation. We're all going to be surrounded by people that are swaying us in different directions, that are leading us away from the voice of the Good Shepherd. And so what happened that day at the end of that first reading, it says those who, were, who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 people were added that day. So going back to that phrase of it cut them to the heart, there had, you know, you go to the conclusion, you know, there's 3,000 people, at least. There had to be people there who 55 days earlier were yelling, or 53 days earlier, mm-hmm. were yelling, crucify him. And now they find out that, because Peter is straight to the point, says, this Jesus, whom you crucified, has been crowned by God as Christ and Lord. This goes back to the message of the angels on Christmas, on Christmas night. This is so powerful. And so it cut them to the heart. It rattled them. And each of us has, you know, when we hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, yes, it brings us comfort, but it should rattle us in a way that are we following the path that the Good Shepherd has laid out for us? You know, we may be going down a very comfortable road. And listen to the word I just use, comfort. And, and it's not to say that God doesn't want us to, be, to have comfort. In fact, he says in, through the prophet Jeremiah, comfort, bring comfort to my people. But when he's talking about bring comfort, is like, you know, appease them. Nope. Bring them mercy. Mm-hmm. But when I was speaking to the Emmaus, the men that made the Emmaus yesterday, he goes, you feel great today. And, 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 uh, Peter says, you know, save yourselves in this comfort, repent and be baptized. But at the end of the second reading, which was from 1 Peter, he said, for you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Beautiful verse. And I said, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we reside now, yep. in the place of refreshment, in the place of peace, in the place of rest. But now we follow the voice of the shepherd. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, there will be days of trial. Yep. There will be days of discomfort. Because just because you accepted Jesus Christ, just because you follow the voice of the Good Shepherd, doesn't mean that every day is going to be a day lined by the place of repose. No. There are days where there will be difficult. There will be days in which people will try us, where yep. people will question us, where yep. people will, will, will challenge our faith. Well, and, and not just people, but that the Lord will challenge us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and it's something you said, and it's, again, just a beautiful reflection. Oftentimes we, and art depicts it, you know, we see Good Shepherd and it's, you know, smiling Jesus with the sheep on his shoulders, you know, or he's carrying the sheep and bringing it back to No, pasture. but what's the one in my but, office? But there are times where the shepherd, you know, if, if a sheep gets out of line, will have to, you know, prod it or, or give it a whack with the, with the stick and say, get back in line, you know, get back with the... You're 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 going too far. Get over here. You know, there's days in our stubbornness. And yes, we still have free will and the Lord will respect that. But there's days that the Lord, through various means, will prod us and rattle us and, and discipline us and say, No, you're going too far. 
get back over here and it's not always going to be pleasant. You no. know, and having, having been in seminary myself, <laughs> yourself, it, there are difficult oh conversations God. that are had, you know, and, and this goes with anything, you know, in, in married life, there are difficult conversations that are had, you know, and the Lord uses formators and spouses and, and family and friends, you know, to keep us honest and it's not always gentle and that's a good thing, you know, and, and we've, we've spoken about this before. A good friend is going to call you out. You know, someone who genuinely cares about you is going to call you out when you get out of line. And that's the good, that is the good shepherd. You know, a good shepherd, a good shepherd is not going to see a sheep wandering off and say, oh, well, oh. he'll figure it out. You no, know, because the sheep won't figure it out. I'll be here dumb. and, yeah. So, sheep are dumb. <laughs> if you ever, have, no, I, I've said this before in homilies. If you've ever been to a petting zoo, have you ever encountered sheep? Sheep are dumb. They need the shepherd yep. to bring them to a place where they will eat, to bring them to, you know, from point A to point B, has to literally guide them. But the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. That's what right. Jesus says in yesterday's gospel. I am the, you know, and then we, later on in the gospel, because it ends at verse 10, but in verse 14 it says, I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep, and mine know me. So we know that when we get out of line, we hear that voice. That's where we sometimes, you know, where we tremble. But that's, you know, the, the, the what we just read, Peter, cutting right. to the heart. You know, he, he did not hold back. No. Nope. You it's know, Jesus whom you crucified. He he gave him blunt, honest truth. And a lot of us, a lot of times, would would kind of hold back from, oh, you know, I don't want to offend on anybody. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Let me soften the blow a little bit. No, if if, if we're firm on it, if we know what we believe, it, then proclaim it. You know, and because he did that, 3,000 people were baptized. Exactly. And, you know, that the the notion that of the good shepherd that leads his sheep to those restful pastures. Obviously, he wants us to be joyful. He wants us to have peace here on earth. Obviously, the world won't let us. The world doesn't want us. The world wants to lead us astray. But as Peter says at the end of the first of the second reading, you had gone astray like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and the guardian of your souls. But as I told those amazed men, it doesn't mean that a life lived in Christ is not a life without trials. And that's in the Bible. Jesus even guarantees it. They will hate you because of me. And he uses a word that I rarely use, the word hate. They will hate you on account of my name. But the reward is eternal. The reward is out of this world. So we need to Hearken to the voice of the Good Shepherd. We need to read, you know, get to know this Good Shepherd and get to know his voice, to recognize his voice. And when he calls us out of whatever path we might be walking, out of our comfort zone, because Christianity is not supposed to be comfortable. But even in that, those places that are uncomfortable. There is joy to be found mm -hmm. because we go, for example, we're finishing up a catechetical year and it hasn't been all hunky-dory this entire year. We've, we've literally had to kick and scratch and claw and, and, and drag some of these kids to understand the truths of our faith, which is uncomfortable. And it's frustrating for us because we're trying to teach kids who don't go to our Catholic school, who go to private school, who say, oh, Catholicism is bad, they're out of, out of whack, they're out of the time, they're outside the times, and tell them, this is the truth mm -hmm. with a capital T. And, and some of them still not buying it. And for that, we just rely on the Holy Spirit. And so we pray that they recognize that voice of the Good Shepherd, that they know him and step out of where they are comfortable and follow Jesus. And that's where all of us are called to. You know, and, and just to bring it home to the wonderful people that we baptized yesterday and, and brought into full communion with the church. You know, it is so special when you see God's hand at work, and which, is, which is why I got emotional yesterday. 
when you see God's hand at work, not only in the people that you're ministering to, but but also God's hand at work in the people that brought them to that point in their lives. And it wasn't just the catechists and 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 that brought them there yesterday, but you know, also in the Emmaus retreat, the men who who brought these new Emmaus brothers to that point of conversion, to that point of getting to know Jesus, to that point of being able to say Jesus Christ is risen, and he's risen indeed, to say it with conviction, to say it with firmness, to say it with courage, the courage that Peter had on that Pentecost morning. Because that's what will lead people to Jesus. Even if it cuts them to the heart, even if it rattles them, we know that those moments of discomfort, it's like Paul talks about it. It's like a woman in labor. Yes, that discomfort, that pain that neither of us know leads to something beautiful to behold, which is a new life, a new, a new child. What you hold in your arms and you say, wow, look at what God has given to us. But that was born out of pain. That was born out of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And again, two men don't know that pain. This is where we need somebody who's a mother to come in here and say, <laughs> yeah, it's painful. Shut up. You guys don't know what you're talking about. So, my friends, let's ask the Good Shepherd on this morning after Good Shepherd Sunday. And as we begin this month of Mary, to, to lead us to green pastures, to lead us to those restful waters, to anoint our heads with oil, to lay that table before us in the sight of our foes, to partake in that Eucharistic banquet as often as we can. And as we begin this month of Mary, we, we ask our Blessed Mother to lead us back to her son, the Good Shepherd, who knows his sheep. Let us get to know him so we always know his voice. Greatest music right there. Oh, it was a good night. Oh, oh boy. Good boy. Good we, good we, where should, do we start? Should we, wait, let's start with, let, let's start with this. Shipping up to Canada. Let's go. Now, when have we led with a hockey segment on this show? Never. And, you know, during the broadcast, they kept saying, winner goes home, winner, winner goes home. And I'm thinking, the winner's already home. Why? So they were already saying it. Like, the loser, loser. Goes home. Lo- I'm sorry, loser. Loser, loser goes home. Loser goes home, loser goes home. I'm like, the loser's already home. Overtime really fried your brain there, didn't it? Oh, God. Oh, is there anything again. crazier than a hockey overtime? I, I sent something, a tweet out yesterday to, to the two of you that's not appropriate for, I mean, it doesn't have any bad words, but it's just, it's just imagine, imagine just riding a motorcycle out of a helicopter. And that's what hockey overtime is. Now, augment that into game seven. Oh man, it's nuts. When you're the eighth seed, came down from a 3-1 deficit to beat the best team in, Ever. in regular season team. Ever. Now, I saw this stat yesterday. Best regular season in football was? 17-0 Dolphins. Perfect no. Season. Who beat, who bested that? The Patriots when they went 16-0. and Oh, well, yeah. Okay, regular season. They didn't win the regular whole thing. Season, yeah. Best regular season in basketball, the 2016 Golden State Warriors that were mm-hmm. up 3-1 on Cleveland and lost in the finals. Best regular season in, uh, in baseball the Mariners in 2001 or two, I want to say, and they were bested in the ALCS by the Yankees. Um, and now the best regular season in hockey history. You don't want to win that president's trophy. Nope. It continues nope. to be cursed. We won it last year. And wow. Now you were what you were totally into this from the beginning. Absolutely. You were sending me, you sent me highlights on on Friday, because I couldn't watch. I just send the rat. When I send the rat, you know he we just score. sent a rat to me. That's it. Rats and uh, yeah. So it was amazing. And then yesterday, I mean, come on, playoff playoff hockey is intense. Overtime game seven is just 
next level. Did you see the video of? of, of no, me? I haven't. I haven't seen your reaction yet. Because <laughs> here's like every, anytime Boston has the puck in there's in the, in our zone, I'm like, get it out, get it out, get yeah, it out, yeah, get yeah. it out. Just no, yeah, we want we, we don't want it anywhere near our goal. <laughs> no. Now, Ash, here's what happened to me yesterday. I, I had mass, and mass ended right when the game starts, so no big deal. But I had dinner with the con the Carmelites in the comment that they were celebrating, you know, weekend that they were here, and God bless them. So I, you know. But and then you got home thinking you're going to turn so on the game. Exactly. And what happened? Cable and internet are <laughs> out. So I couldn't even watch it on my phone. So I go, I go, I text Jorge, who's watching the game. He doesn't want to hear from me. Because you have to keep your eyes trained on the screen because something happens. In a split second. So I go. Um, uh, by the way, I'm also streaming. And so, so anytime I'm watching sports, I have my phone, like, far away because. No, he answered. Because thankfully. someone is going to. Text me something that like ten it. seconds before. Yeah. yeah. So anytime I hear the phone buzz, I'm like, all right, count to ten, and then I'll Just read the message. Comcast, dude, come on. <laughs> anyway, so I, I text him and said, "Is the internet working in the parish center? Because the internet's it's still down in the, in the sister's house, not down in our house." But so I had to come downstairs. And what happens when I get here? I text Jorge again. Bad Why? Luck. Bad luck. Because I couldn't find the remote control to the stupid <laughs> TV. <laughs> And I look for it. It's in the wor- in, in the weirdest place. I found it. Finally, turned the game on. And you know, and while that happened, while I was looking at, they had tied the game yep. and they had taken the lead. Yeah. Right when I turned it, I go, maybe it's me. Maybe God doesn't want me to watch it. But I sat, <laughs> sat there and watched them tie the game with a minute left on a crazy oh, goal. Unbelievable. And then overtime starts, and you can't take your right. eyes off the screen. Now, I sent Jorge a video because since I was downstairs in the youth lounge, yeah, have, there's a ring camera. camera there. And it, I have to see that. And it is, <laughs> look at it. I want you to react to it in real time. In real time it right, is yeah. probably the most awkward celebration I have ever had. Well, you immediately followed up with, this is the lamest celebration ever. I've celebrated first quarter touchdowns with more gusto than this. Yep. All right, this here we is, go. Let's see. Yeah. So he's going in there. It's You see me sitting on the couch. Hold on. Okay, you know this. I know we're in an audio format, and we can't see this video. Will not be seen by anybody other than Jorge, who has access to the ring camera. <laughs> and he's laughing. He's seeing it. No, George, I need to see it too. I'm sorry. It's uh. I can see his legs going in the air. No, back. you were right up there with uh. Oh no, you weren't watching on Bally. You were watching on Fox. I was watching on TNT. TNT on TNT. Because Bally, I have it down there, but. It, <laughs> Dan's going crazy. He's dancing. Father, I didn't know you could move like that. <laughs> no, that was just a bad, awkward It's not Kelly Sack. Kelly Sack was with the Marlins now. Um, Jessica Blaylock. Jessica Blaylock, yeah. yeah. You, you, you had the same vibes as Jessica, Jessica Oh, Blaylock. they showed her reaction? Yeah. Oh, that would have been, been cool to watch. <laughs> okay, so pretty much Father's dancing, jumping up and down. Everyone's seen Very dance awkwardly. Like His hands are flying like a peacock <laughs> in the air. Woo, woo. <laughs> and I have my phone in my hand. <gasps> Who are you talking to? I called Jorge immediately. And uh, because I usually, like, during football games, baseball, I usually call my father immediately. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know if my father's watching. He was watching. Everybody was watching. My father, father. Could, na- my father could name me more, and ma- more Panthers from the 96 Stanley Cup team than he can nice. the current team. Wow. Yep. I sent him a picture of Van Beesbrook surrounded by rats. Van Beesbrook was our goalie in the 96 Stanley Cup run. And so we go to overtime. I predict Duclair. Oh, we, we, we had we had yeah, predictions between the three of us. I, I never, said I didn't Duclair. Put a name in. You didn't say anything. And I you said, said uh, Kachuk. Kachuk. And who assisted on the on the goal. <gasps> At by, that point, overtime had already started. And I'm just like. By Verhage. And, <laughs> so but we get more. The thing, the beauty of it is it. Wow. And now, do your thing. What? The, 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 the text. Oh, we're going there? Yeah. You were going to go there anyway. So I was preemptive strike. 18 days ago. 18 days ago. Three weeks, you know, week after Easter. I don't know what the context of it was, but 18 days ago. 18 days ago was, I'll tell you what exactly what it was. The key were in the play-in tournament, stupid as it is. Ugh. And the Panthers were playing for their playoff lives. That week. The no, last two games of the Holy. Yeah. And wow. and so you, you say, and I said what? It'll be a short-lived playoffs for both. For both. Who said that? You our said hockey father. and basketball team. Father, did. what's wrong with you? The negativity right after Easter? <laughs> after Easter? We, hello, the oh, Panthers backed no. into the playoffs, could not win two no. games on home ice. We were one point a, away from escaping Boston. Yeah, we were one point away from playing the Carolina Hurricanes oh. instead of playing the juggernaut that was Boston. <gasps> and the Heat lost their first... Against uh, the Hawks. Against the Hawks, their first play-in game, and, and they would have played... 
uh, would have played Boston. Who's the second? Boston. Played Boston. And yeah, yeah. we ended up, you know, now, oh. I'm sorry. You look Father. at the Bucks and you look oh. at the Bruins. Number one seeds. Both Domination. number one seeds, both best records in their leagues. Powerhouses. And both our local teams back in. But that's what's so beautiful about and the we playoffs. we took care of business. Let's Especially go. Especially the hockey playoffs. The Let's hockey go. playoffs. Does the regular season mean anything? Nothing. Nothing, because the Panthers had a historically great season last yep. year, and were bounced. It would have been sweeter against Tampa Bay. But, but they they got eliminated too, so it's it's fine. <laughs> Toronto was saying we want Florida, you Jersey, and New York. You have the Rangers and the Devils tonight. That's, that's gonna, gonna be. But here's the thing. Here's the I thing like about, our matchup uh, with Toronto, though. I do. Oh, yeah, I do too. But here's the thing about playoff hockey. You now, everyone had an eight five in the second round, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing about playoff hockey, that. When a game goes into overtime, especially Game Seven, if it would have been the Winnipeg Jets against the Vancouver Canucks, I'm watching that game oh, for sure. You have to because it is crazy. Now, I will say this about both teams: when they when you come out in, in overtime, how many stupid penalties the Panthers? We've dedicated now ten minutes oh, to Panthers. Power plays I can't out of control. Record. Power plays nonstop, and they were they were capitalizing on those power uh, plays. They, they were they were a machine. This team was a machine. So that Montour penalty is, though. Um, so now we know, and then the one, the, 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 or the ones that weren't called, the, the guy that, hit us, hit him in the face at the end, and it's like, yeah. Hori texting, does somebody have to commit first degree murder on the ice to get called for a penalty? No. So what happens is, so Panthers are staying up north. They took, they're taking a flight this morning to. Neither, from they took their to passport. They, got a, a lot of these guys are Canadians. They so have they had no problem. Uh, game one. Is Toronto was tomorrow. staying. In ta- Toronto was staying in Tampa. Yeah, but they were they were in Tampa and they're flying home. To, you know, they're flying home. So we found out game one is tomorrow, oh, God, and that's a that's a terrible. Same thing, thing happened last year with the Heat. So game one's tomorrow. Panthers two screens. and Heat. I have to because one's at seven and the other one's at seven thirty. Seven thirty. So Duffy's everybody. They'll have both games. And then Panthers play on Thursday. I have a dinner tomorrow with the Bishop. I may take him to Duffy's. Take him to Duffy's. <laughs> take him to Duffy's. <laughs> Well, the auxiliary bishop of the minute. Hey, you want a good hamburger? Let's go. You want you good ribs? Like. Let's go. I like the Panthers coach. He's a man of real good words. Even hear the, po- the coach. He, he had some words. choice words for the referees yesterday. Well, we if you could did. read we lips. We all did. I mean, we all did. I only saw the third quarter, the third period in the overtime, That's which all was all did. I needed to see. That's all you. Did. I still need to see the third period of game six. What you told me was just oh, that was bonkers. You back think, and forth and back and forth. You think over, overtime concert. was intense? The third I have period to go back of, and find of game six was nuts. So you know, the only reason why the Heat won last night is because. Julius Randle didn't play. I know. Stop. All right, because we're, we're transitioning from hockey. Ashley and I, last Thursday, Thursday. morning, yeah. we came in here and we recorded this time. We're not gonna we're not gonna put it in here because so much has happened. Yeah. Because we were just in awe of him. Jimmy. Jimmy buckets. I tweeted out something that got a lot of traction. I oh. I go. I can't believe what I just saw. Jimmy just scored the winning goal for the Panthers. <laughs> And Ira Wenderman stole that somehow. They, yeah. Uh, according to a friend of mine. They stole everything. Jordan. Yesterday I tweeted victories at the gardens because we wanted Madison Square Garden and, and TD, TD Garden. Garden oh, yeah. that's spread. And then so, I, but yeah. but let's go back to before let, before we talk about the Knickerbockers Ugh. losers. Um, losers. We played the Bucks, on paper. Giannis, the best team Brooke in Lopez. the NBA. Give it to them, everybody. Yep, yeah, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Middleton. Go uh, Goran Dragic didn't see the floor. <laughs> Jay Crowder saw the floor briefly. Myers Leonard, who was celebrating uh, Jimmy Butler three on the Bucks Ugh. bench, and Bucks are solid. Though. But when the playoffs started, and you could go back and find the receipts, yeah. I'm looking at this Heat team. But I said I didn't, I didn't say it before the ice. Yep, I don't know if I said it before. I said Heat in five. You did, and I have that. You text that to yes. me on April twentieth. I have that. There you, uh, I see. <laughs> so that at some point, at some point, to go back to our first so segment. A week later, he had changed. No, uh, I wasn't two. I was a couple of days later. Yeah, uh, April twentieth. You said 20th. so from April thirteenth. April twentieth was to April twentieth. A week was a later. Thursday. It was your daughter's birthday? Yeah, it was. Thursday. And I said, Father, absolutely not. <laughs> not going to happen. And boy, oh boy, he didn't fight. And they kept saying, and oh, I was Giannis. cocky about it. Oh, because Giannis was out. Giannis played game three. We were down. He had to. We were down. No, it wasn't game three. It was game. Yeah, game three at home. Yeah, it was there. We were down. Three or four. No, it was four. Four. I was. He yeah. played the entirety of game four. Had a triple double. Played awesome. We were down by double eleven points with six minutes to go, and Jimmy goes off for fifty six. You were there. I was there. 
How was that building? Well, that's what we talked about in that brief segment. But um, I've been to you name it. I was at Game Seven last year. Um, Celtics. He. I've I've been to Max games. Max That atmosphere at that game. That game four before we brought it back to Milwaukee. I was screaming. We want New York. Like, we knew it. And New York kind of finished your series here. Here's the thing, Father. After that game four, I knew the Heat were going to win. I didn't think they were going to win game five. I thought Milwaukee was going to go Game five was in in, in Milwaukee. I thought for sure we were going to lose by 20. And I thought, okay, we'll we'll win it Friday. We were down 16 going into the fourth quarter. And then there was a good amount of Bucks fans. I'll tell you, they had yappers on their mouths. Yappers. uh, Fear the deer, baby. They were, it was wild. So we close out that series and, you know, they're still saying, oh, well, Giannis is not. Well, I hate to tell them, Victor Oladipo and Tyler Hero are very, very crucial to our team, especially Tyler Hero. And Tyler Hero. He's out. He's out. And Gabe Vincent has taken that role. And has he? So let's let's now transition to something that we, we we played them in 2013 but they were garbage in 2013 count. and we had lebron and yeah. it was a gentleman sweep heat in five we let them take game four in the garden they threw confetti from the ceiling <laughs> did they throw confetti from the ceiling when we when we won on game three or four no they exactly didn't thank no. you very much no because no. we throw confetti from the ceiling when we win the title yeah right. they didn't do that. but in in madison square garden they threw confetti from the ceiling when they beat when they won one game against the miami heat in 2013, one game, Martin. and then we killed them in the in the fifth game. Ugh. So, going back to the 90s, we beat them in 97, then 98, 99, 2000. Just brutal, brutal. Ashley, you weren't down here. Brutal. But I saw a video eliminations. of Van Gundy on Van, the Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Happening. You know, Mark Jones. Mark Jones was a bench. And, yeah, Mark Jones what? on the ABC telecast yesterday. Ugh. And Mark Jones is from Miami. He knows the history well. He was a sportscaster down here. And he said PJ Brown and uh and Charlie Ward, who were the nicest people you'll ever meet, turn into WWE wrestlers. Oh. You know that wow. Char- you know, but everybody was there courtside. Wow. You had Patrick Ewing, you had Alonzo Mourning, you had Dwayne Wade, Wade, you had everybody. Gabriel Union, you had Martha you had, Stewart, you had, you, had, you had the man who ate John Stark. You know, yeah. John Stark was a point guard of well, we're not. Yeah, he was. He was. He was a guard. I was looking at tickets. One, one for eighteen. Four hundred dollars. No, they were more than that. There were uh, four hundred. No, I saw it yesterday morning. It was four. They dropped. It was three ninety nine in in the nosebleeds. No, I was looking. You're, at you've been in, but you've been in, but you haven't been in the in the, in the no, nosebleeds. You can't see it. I've that. never been in that dump. No, they call it the world's greatest read in the mecca. Nah. I disagree. I'm biased. St. John's plays. I'll, I'll get. Let <laughs> me tell you. Let me tell. Can I tell you the how in how intense the Knicks Heat rivalry was 25 years ago? Tell us. There was a very crappy movie made. I don't want. I want to say 98, a remake of Godzilla. Godzilla, for whatever reason, makes his way from Tokyo across the Pacific. Through the Panama Canal, oh. through the Caribbean, up the eastern seaboard to terrorize New York. Terrible. Okay. He wanted to go for a swim. Okay, but <laughs> why New York? Because, okay, we just want, just say we want Godzilla in New York. So Godzilla goes to New York. Now, Godzilla apparently has light, lays eggs, okay, to hatch other now they're all looking at me with crazy this is how bad this movie was it starred matthew broderick okay this is 1998 he lays eggs or she lays eggs in new york okay okay and if this survives editing i apologize to our listeners okay so (laughs) and here's here's how intense the knicks heat rivalry was i am hating this movie from the beginning i don't know why i didn't walk out you know where godzilla lays these eggs at Madison Square Garden. In Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so when the military finds out that these eggs were in Madison Square Garden, what does the military do? Destroy the eggs. S- sends these jets and they blow up Madison Square Garden. Ugh. I stood up in the movie theater and said, yes, yes, down with the Knicks. <laughs> this is how intense the robbery was oh. that it made a crappy movie. That movie was awful. Awful. I'm speechless. You know, I nothing bothered. Okay. That's how intense the movie was. It made me go nuts in a movie theater watching a very bad movie because in the movie, they blow up, they missile and torpedo and they blow up 
Madison, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> so point of story, his father does not like the Knicks or Madison Square no. Garden. So we play them tomorrow. Jimmy Butler is questionable as of right now. He's Game one, he rolled his ankle. He was in obvious pain moving forward. And so... But here, here we'll can see. can you explain something to oh, me, I'll both try. of you? Yeah. Did I watch... Did you watch the pregame yesterday? Of the Heat? The, the, the Heat, they had, you know, the ESPN pre... They had Stephen A. Smith uh, and Jalen Rose uh, and, and Michael Wilbon. So, uh, Ashley, if they told you tomorrow you're going on first take with Stephen A. Smith, you'd take that in a heart. I will chew him up. <laughs> first, first of all, I first want, of all, let me tell you this about I my New York I want three people in a ring. I want Stephen A. Yeah. I want uh, Doris. Doris Burke was amazing on that telecast yesterday. And I want that Steve, woman is amazing. And man. I want Charles. I want three Barkley. Heat terrible. haters terrible. in the ring. No, no, Doris Burke, I no, she was fair yesterday. She's fair. No, she no, and she mm. destroyed the Knicks down the stretch. Yeah. Because here's what here's the point that I was getting at. The Heat just beat the best team in the NBA, and you put the Knicks roster and the Bucks roster. Side by side, and there is no comparison. No. You have Julius Randle, uh, R.J. Bennett, and um, and Brunson, and Obi, and that's it. Team. No, that's it. Yeah, Obi, Obi's good. That's too. no, actually, that's it. Now, <laughs> yes, the Heat. All they have is Jimmy Butler and and the Jackson Five, as as, as, as Charles Barkley likes Jackson to say. Five. Okay, oh. it's it's Michael and T and five Titos behind his back. As as Charles Barkley would say, and you're telling me that the Knicks will win in seven? No, man. I tweeted it out before yesterday, oh, and this was my tweet. The letter to the Romans says in the eighth chapter, oh, here he "God does not give us a spirit of cowardice." Therefore, heat in five. Okay, <laughs> heat in five because we will win. We'll give them one. Tomorrow. Maybe we'll give them tomorrow night. Oh, but we will take both in here, and then we will go to game five and cut their hearts out. Yeah, you know what he was about to in, say. In, in Madison Square Garden. In the have, Mecca. And then what happens with the 76ers? And then we'll have Godzilla lay some more eggs in there. there. We did not know that this is going to go into Godzilla laying eggs. Uh, yeah. I, love those I think that's our cue to start uh, no, bringing this home. Marlins yeah, Marlins. This weekend. Go ahead, Jorge. We were, we were take there it. Saturday. They looked decent on Saturday. They hey, looked man. decent. They won. I'll tell you, it was really built on steroids there. There were so many Cubby fans there Saturday. That was national TV. And it was, and it was national TV Billy because the, was it was the other game that we're supposed to broadcast regionally yeah. was rained out. So the entire the country. entire country got to see us. Know, they, they wanted to. Partake in a, in a they baseball showed game. up. Those Cubby fans showed up. They, oh, were they, they traveled. Oh, they showed up to watch their team lose. Swept. Three times. Swept. 10-0 in one-run games. And by the way, right now, if the I'm playoffs are today, thankfully they don't, the postseason, we it. are the second wild card. We got the Braves, though. Braves are going to be tough. Marlins are amazing against every other team that is not Except called the Braves or the Mets. Yep. Yeah. Now, is there... Luis Arise. Huh. He's amazing. Uh, Jesus Sanchez is do, is finally getting around. So is Segura, and Hitchin is just you know we didn't do the sports bump this this week, but what do you do with Avi Garcia? Done. I mean, he had he had he did something this weekend. He showed some signs of life. He, <laughs> it's the Cubs, but he still won something. Batting average. Yeah. All right, boys, do it against the Braves. Jazz looked good. Jazz looked so good on Saturday. Jazz had misplayed a ball in center field yesterday. That. Kind of ticked me off. Was the game on TV yesterday? The game on TV was on Peacock. It was on Peacock. Okay, it was on Peacock. It was it was it was nationally televised, but on the streaming service. I didn't see it. So I know I would have known if I wouldn't have told them, because I. uh, But yes, Jasmine's played a ball yesterday. Came in on a ball that was hit that should have come out, and it went over his head. But he'll get it. He'll he'll figure it out. He's a great athlete. He'll figure it out. And Dolphins draft. I don't understand that. Usually we do a very in-depth analysis of the four picks that we made over the weekend. They know we, we took need a, a wide receiver, right? Like, we do, a wide wait, receiver, wait, a tight end, a tight end. I'm sorry, but apparently that kid from Stanford is a tight end, oh. depending on who you ask. ESPN had him a wide receiver in NFL Network had as a tight end. The Dolphins advertised it as a tight end. Now, the second pick, which is 51st overall, we took a cornerback, interesting, which is yeah. our deepest position on the team. Now, you can never have enough cornerbacks. Just like you never have enough offensive defensive line. Give me linemen. a kicker and a tight end. I feel like we that's took what we a needed. offensive t- a tackle in the, in the in the last round, and uh, what was the, the second pick? I forgot what it was. So we're set on Sanders for the year again. Is this what we're really going with? Do you know? Did you want to draft a kicker uh, and waste a pick on a kicker? I mean, did you want to uh, waste the San Francisco Forty Niners did? 
I mean, granted, it was the best kicker in Michigan history. Kicking Ann Arbor is not a walk in the park. Exactly. I would have been okay with that. I don't. Maybe Sanders figures it out this year. That's your boy. You're the one that sat at that microphone and and exposed his work. Your boy. <laughs> she wants something to do. Your boy. Who is our? I can't remember a second. We picked a quarterback, a, a, a wide receiver, tight end, uh, and and an offensive tackle. I, was I don't remember what it was. It's so hard to be into football right now when you have the Panthers and the Heat doing yeah. so well. It's so I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah, it was okay. Uh, the Texans went out. I mean they they drafted. They, they drafted. Well, they, they went crazy. And the Eagles, there. Eagles too. Everybody from Georgia. That's a they, they drafted the entire Georgia football team. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, like not what wow. You know, it's who you know Bennett it went to LA. Tenth <laughs> minute, the the fourth is it or the third? I don't know. Yeah. But he has one of these uh, Augusta names. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that uh, that happened. Taylor Gooch won the Live Invitational down in Singapore. That's our random stat of the day. They and, were short. And who won pickleball, Father? I, I didn't know. I didn't watch pickleball. Uh, Jorge and I played uh, the Miami Lakes Country Club on on at a, at a fundraiser on Friday. Right. Jorge, I gotta say, driving the ball, amazing. Oh, it feels good. That feels good. It when, does. When you get a hold of one. He does. Uh, you're not going to talk about um, who we, you know, who was at the bottom of the standings in the AL East. Yeah, no, you tell us. You tell us who's at the bottom of the standings in the AL East. The, the team that belongs at the bottom, bottom of the standings. <laughs> how, do you, how does it feel being a Yankee fan these days? It's uh, you get swept by the Texas Rangers. Uh, you lose a series for the first time in twenty-two years to the Minnesota Twins. Well, maybe if Aaron Judge wasn't at these hockey games, maybe to focus on his back <sighs> bats. I mean, I'm not. I'm not upset about that. Father Andrew <laughs> says, "I just he he wants us to just keep imploding so that." But nothing's gonna change. Ugh. See, Red no, Sox, nothing's gonna change. We're, we're tied for the, the. I think it's division record that has us below you. But but we're tied for that. We have the same exact record: four, fifteen, and fourteen. But they are not gonna take away my joy as a South Florida sports fan because the Panthers won Game Seven. There we go. Yes. The Knicks. There we go. Stink. Oh, but we got a boring night tonight. There's, there's nothing, nothing to do tonight. Oh, no, you have, you have, there's no the devil. No, I, that Rangers devil's Rangers game. There's no South Florida team. No, but tonight. that devil's Rangers game. Seventy Sixers and no, Celtics. There's a, there's a lot of stuff. And the schedule, I'm saying our teams. And the and then, schedule gets released. Everyone no, from then, Miami's then, off. Yeah. And then Lakers and Warriors second round. That's gonna be. Yeah. I thought they the have Kings, not played. Oh, I wanted the Kings. They have not played in the playoffs since the Shaq days. That's that's gonna be those those. Those tickets. You want to talk about prices? Those <laughs> yeah. tickets. Oh. Crypto.com Arena in San Francisco. Forget about it. All right. We have a lot of... Let's, th- let's, we, we, let's bring this really home. A, let's bring this home. It was a big, was <laughs> a big sports weekend. He has stuff to do and I have stuff to do Same. also. So anyways, Jesus. great I got, a, I got a very light week coming up. Yeah, you very light week. <laughs> First communion's on Saturday. <laughs> it's tech week. We have Frozen on Friday and Saturday. Teacher Appreciation Week. Teacher Appreciation Week. Ashley was here at 6 o'clock. You know, I don't know what that is. I... It's not a Mexican holiday. It is not. It is not their Independence Day. It is the, when they defeated the French in the Battle of Puebla. It's an excuse to go drinking in this country and to blow up Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you, did you not figure that Father I was going to really go there? Does not like we do not Garden. condone violence. I should. I had a chance to go one time <laughs> when I was with the Dolphins. The Heat were in town when I was in New York with the Dolphins. Could have gone to that game, but I had dinner with a friend. I didn't want to stand up the front. I just did a tour of the garden a few months ago. Ah, so it's about, I'm I biased. Have done that. And I'm we biased. won that game. It was during I'm LeBron biased. time. I love that place. All right, friends. It's a month of Mary tonight, 7.30 p.m. Come to the Rectory Lawn. Pray for our families. Pray the rosary. Pray the rosary as a family. Follow the voice of the Good Shepherd who says, always, heed in five. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.